Thank you for joining Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday Praise and Worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible Study at 7 p.m. We believe the Bible is the Word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold, we believe the best way to facing opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Again, want to thank you for joining the online services of Cornerstone of Grace. If you're looking for a church home, growth and ministry, uh, I want to invite you to join us, to grow with us and be blessed with us. We're still in paving our way and processing and, and sowing and, and reaping from the book of Genesis, touching what is referred to as the law of particularization, moving from the general to the particulars, the universe, earth, man, and spirit. We're touching the creation and the principal person who is the cosmological, the cause of all things, and the teleological, the, design, the designing mind behind everything. And with that being said, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for your goodness and grace for granting us this day, a day that we have not seen before. You have given us the activity of our limbs. You have blessed us to seek you while you can be found. Lord God, we honor you for your grace and your mercy. We honor you for who you are. We honor you, Lord God, for what you have done. We honor you, Lord, for what you are going to do. Lord God, I pray and ask that you remember each one that is under the sound of my voice, each one that will tune in later, those that will tune in even days from now, months from now, maybe even years from now, and hear this teaching. I pray and ask that you would bless them. Lord God, keep them, keep their hearts stirred. Lord God, that they should seek after you. Lord God, that they should live for you. Lord God, that they should present their bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto you. Ask these blessings in Jesus' name, amen. We're in the book of Genesis as stated before, and I wanna remind you of something that I think that we all should uh, remember that we should put in the forefronts of our mind. The, the 15th chapter in the first verse of Genesis says, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying, fear not, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. I, I believe that is something that all of us should maintain in our mind, that the Lord is our shield. He's our protector and he is are exceeding great reward. He's our shield and he's our exceeding great reward. When we lose focus of 
of what God is, who he is, what he means to us, then we lose a particular element. And that is assurance. We have assurance because we recognize that he is our protector and that he is our greatest reward. Hold that thought. Think about that. Now that you thought about it, what do you have to say about it? What is your thought about who he is? He is our protection. God is our protection every day, all the time, wherever we are. Whatever is going on when we at school, when we are at home, when we're driving down the street, when we're riding our bicycles at the gym and recreational play, whatever we are, wherever we are, God is our shield and an exceeding great reward. Now we're in the 17th chapter of Genesis, beginning at the fifth verse, it says, Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful. I'm going to make you fruitful. I'm going to prosper you. And I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and I see after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee, and to their and to thy seed after thee. Now I, I take it very personally, and I, I think you can take it as personal as well, is that when the Lord spoke this to Abram and told him that he was going to bless him and he was going to bless his seed after him. I believe that we are recipients, not of Abram. I'm not going that far back, but I'm just talking about within our lineage that we know about as far as our grandparents, great grandparents. I believe that that they are recipients of, of a promise that God made. And here we are today being blessed by that. Just something that something for you to look at. And so the eighth verse says, and I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, thou shalt keep my covenant. Therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. Now, I just want to talk a little bit about the fact that his name was changed. And it's no secret. I, I hope it's not a secret to anyone, especially those that have been in service of the Lord and have heard the minister speaking that you must know 
and understand that the day will come that your name is going to change. That is going to permanently change and no one is going to know that name. Now, I know I'm speaking uh, down the line here and that could be tomorrow for someone. It could be uh, 10 years or, or, or 20 years from now, but a permanent change is going to come to your name. In the meantime, where you are today, such as Abram was repositioned from Abram to Abraham, we have been repositioned as well. I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about what someone may have called you in the past and where you are today. We all know that and we may have our own personal testimonies to be shared in the right time, in the right setting of what God has done in changing us from who we were and what we were called at that time to what we are and who we are and what we're called today. Genesis 17 and 1 uh, I love this verse also because uh, the scripture says, and when Abram was 90, 90 years old and nine, so he's 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. Now, some say, well, you can't be perfect. No one is perfect. And, and I really don't like cliches. I'm anti-cliche, even though I so know that some of them have an element of truth. But some of them are handed down almost as if they're gospel. If the Lord said be perfect, then he meant that. There is the ability of perfection there. Now, all of us have perfected something in our lives. Uh, some of us uh, have perfected more than others. And, and so there is no weight. There is no measure. I'm not trying to measure my perfection or anything against yours. Uh, we are supposed to measure ourselves unto the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that you'll find that in Ephesians. That's the whole purpose of the, the ministry. He gave some prophets, some apostles, some evangelists, teachers, pastors, you know, and for the perfecting of the saints that we all come into the, the statue and to the measure of the man Christ Jesus. So none of us are to be actually be measuring ourselves against one another. Uh, matter of fact, it's an injustice to do that because you don't know what I've been through. Uh, someone asked me one day, they said, they said, I've looked at your ministry. I looked at what God had, how the Lord has blessed you. And he said, I don't want it. He said, he said, I don't want what, what you've been through. I don't want to deal with that in order to receive what you received. And there's nothing for me to say to that. I am who I am by the grace of God. And so are you. That doesn't diminish who God and what God is doing with you. But know that you don't want to measure and be like anyone else. You want to be like God has called you to be. And so the Lord speaks to Abram and he's 99 years old and tell him to be perfect. So the Lord is calling us into perfection and we are moving into perfection. That has nothing to do with you walking around or any of us walking around saying and boasting of ourselves. Uh, we boast ourselves in the Lord. Look what God has done. God has done this. The other day I was brought to tears thinking about where I am today, where I used to be, what I was and what God has made me today. And it's humbling. It's a very humbling thought to know that God has taken uh, this lump of clay, this dirt, and made it and fashioned it into something that uh, not only have I seen with my eyes to know that God has made a difference, but family members have seen. My mom saw it before her demise. Uh, 
Uh, my sister saw it and, and uh, my brothers have seen it with God. And I'm only testifying that God does make a difference. He makes a difference. And, and so, and it's no goodness of our own because the Bible tells us that our righteousness is as filthy rags. And, and so in our heart is deceitful and wicked above all things. So even when we walk around thinking that we cool and we good, you know, I'm good, all of that kind of stuff. No, we need to watch it because there is some things about us that exists even in this moment that we may not be fully aware of. And certainly if you have some type of awareness, then that's something to work on because you wouldn't have the awareness if God didn't want you to work on it. But there's something about us. There's some things in this life that will bring the ugly side out. You thought that that man was dead and come to find out that man is still alive. Now, my godmother, I used to say dead man feel no pain. In other words, if you really are dying out to what those things are, you, it's not going to affect you the way that it that it used to. And you're not going to want to react the way that you would have reacted. Dead man feel no pain. And so there's some dying out that we do daily. Paul said, I crucified his flesh daily. And so there's some things that we have to die out to. Now, the Lord tell Abram said, be thou perfect. And so uh, what the Lord was telling him was uh, the shenanigans, all your shenanigans that, that, have, that, have, that have been displayed up to this moment, it's time for those shenanigans to stop. There comes a time that it must stop. Whatever you're doing behind closed doors, there comes a time that it must stop. When no one else is present, you, you doing, it has to stop. Whatever you're doing in public and you know it's not cool, it has to stop. Church in it has to stop. I'm, I'm a member of this church and I, you know, I'm saying it. No, church in it has to stop. It, it, it comes a time it has to be will. Uh, church chill up. You know, I sing and, you know, and the Lord really sends his anointing and the people jump up. You know, I was in a service and this brother was hitting notes. Now, prior to him up singing, nobody was moving. And those that did move, they got up and they moved because they were acquainted with that person. It was not this moving of God's spirit. That's what I call church chiller, flesh on parade. It has to stop. It comes a time where we have to put away the foolishness. Now, church folks are like bag people. Mm -hmm. And when I say church folks, I'm talking about all of us. One time or another, we, we acted like a, not a bag person, you know, someone pushing a cart full of stuff. And we carried stuff with us and we collected stuff along the way. Soon as somebody says something that hurt our feelings, we collected it and we put it in that bag or in the cart and we carried it with us no matter where it was. We brought it to church instead of worshiping God and the beauty of holiness. We brought that stuff to church with us and we laid that out. We cried about that. We, we felt, you know, that we needed to be vindicated about that when we really shouldn't have never picked it up. We carry a lot of stuff. A bag filled with excuses, bag filled with procrastinations. And that's just, and I, I'm going to stop right there. I'm not going to name any, any areas of procrastination. But I told a young man recently that people are, are having success. I was telling them about success and, you know, you need to press your way, you know, going to school, vocational training, taking initiative, doing things. And, you know, instead of walking around and, and talking about, oh, well, I'm going to pray about it that's an excuse. 
I found out that people even talking about that they're going to pray about it are filled with excuses. I heard someone say, if the Lord will, I'll have success. And the Bible plainly says, I would that you would prosper even as your soul prosper. So you're not going to walk around all spiritual and discernment and knowledge and wisdom and spiritual things. And you have nothing in the natural, no wisdom in the natural things. God gives us insight in the spiritual things, and he gives us insight in the natural things. Ask Brother Daniel. Ask uh, Brother Jeremiah. Ask others. Ask Job. God doesn't, he's not, he's not a God of false balance, but he is of balance. And the thing I love about the balance is that he balances enough so that, so that it helps take care of everyone. Because he said, the poor you have with you always, and he that gives to the poor lends unto the Lord. So those that are experiencing the success in the way that God said, it's not for us to hoarder it that um, to ourselves, but to help somebody else. Now, when you should be going at it, you know, instead of talking about I'm praying about it, you should be going at it and praying while you work. Yes, you can pray while you work. Yes. Uh, there is a... Um, uh, I believe all of us have heard of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, you know, and there's a music, uh, musical melody that goes along with whistle while you work. Well, you can, you can, if you can sing while you work and you can chew gum while you're working, you can, uh, then you, you can go to school and all of that. You can pray at the same time. So it's not about, I'm going to pray about it and do nothing. No, we're going to, uh, we're going to work. And at the same time, we're going to pray. Now, Sarah, Abram and Sarah had it. They had stacks of cheddar. You know, they were stacking cheddar. They was blessed. Remember, they went down to Egypt and they were kicked out of Egypt for their shenanigans there. And they was blessed at the same time. They, so they had they had cheddar. They had crackers. They had cars in, in the form of camels and horses and asses and different things. They had their tents and they had servants and they had land. But they also dealt with fear, insecurities, anxieties, which had them acting out too. You know, don't that sound familiar? You know, we, we've acted out, all of us have acted out because of uh, one time or another, you know, situation didn't go our way, something, you know, until we matured and realized that, you know, that wasn't cool and I won't ever do that again. That's what repentance is. Repentance is changing from from doing one thing and doing something else. So let's make sure that as we re repentance is good. And the Bible said that we overcome evil with good. And so we overcome evil with change from doing what is wrong to doing what is right. Now, uh, Sarah, or since the Lord took the time to change the name of Abram to Abraham and Sarah, Sarai to Sarah, uh, then it's worth looking at what is in a name. If God took the time to change their name, and just as he is taking the time to change our character, you know, he's changing our character now to so that our character will fit our new name. Thank you, Jesus. Now, when the Lord calls us home, whether it's individually or collectively, uh, the Bible tells us that he has a new name waiting for us and no one will know that name. And that name is going to tie in with your character and so he's not going to change our heart. He's not going to change our mind, uh, but he will change our bodies. And so we're not going to spend too much time into that this evening. But uh, what's in a name? It's important to understand what's in your name. 
Now, one writer said a name is a convention to distinguish things or people, but the name has no worth or meaning. And that individual had limited knowledge. They might have had some knowledge. They might have been skilled in the area, but that statement is not true. Your name has a lot of value to it. Uh, that was a truth in his mind but not reality because a name does distinguish us and it also has value. We can, uh, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 23 and one, 22 and one, it says a good name is better to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. You know, so having good credibility, your name, uh, your name, if your name is famous because of, uh, when Tina Turner, now I'm reaching way back, but I, I thought about this earlier because when she divorced, her husband, after all the physical abuse and mental and emotional abuse that people witnessed, and when she was tired of being tired and tired of being sick and tired, she ran away from him and she licensed her name. And so um, her name is of value because it's associated with her music, not only her, but you cannot use any other artist's name because it's associated with a certain value, a certain dollar. So a name has value to it. You will be sued for using it. Your name has value and you need to value your name and who you are. What your name represents. Your name represents all of you, everything about you. It represents your finances. It represents your position on your job. It represents your position in school. It represents uh, your position on your credit report, TRW, Experian, um, you know, Equifax. All it represents who you are, along with the unique identifiers that are associated with your name. Nothing wrong with having a good name and riches. For those that say, "Well, I don't want riches." Well, you reading the scripture, you reading it. Tell me who have you read about besides Lazarus that didn't have a little bit of something, something. When the Lord called his disciples, he didn't call folks that were sitting around doing nothing. Chilling. Didn't have nothing going on. He called those that had something happening, whether they was doing something good or bad. Matthew. Luke, who went with um, Paul, he was a physician. He didn't have a PhD. He had an MD. He wasn't a philosopher. He was a medical doctor. They were professionals. They were doing things. So there's nothing wrong with having a good name and riches and favor and, and, and being helpful, too. And I, I always have to say that because we should help somebody. Should be helpers one to another. But the Lord told uh, Paul, excuse me, told Peter, he said, when you have been strengthened, strengthen the brethren. When you have received help, when you have received what you need, help somebody else. Now, names carry personalities. And I, we've been dealing with Hagar, who was caught in this triangle. We can't call it a love triangle, but it was a triangle where uh, Sarah, who's now filled with anxiety and anxiousness and the Lord has not blessed me with a child. We have been doing it and nothing has happened, you know. And so uh, here, marry my handmaiden, Hagar, who probably has been with them since they left Egypt. I don't know. The scripture doesn't say that. But marry her. 
and let's use her for a surrogate parent, which was something that was done back in that day. And surrogate parents are still used today. It's just not used in this fashion where you physically go into someone. And so Hagar uh, was told that she would have a child by the name of Ishmael. And the Bible tells us in the 16th chapter about the 11th verse, and the angel of the Lord, meaning capital L meaning, so that was God, said unto her, behold, thou art with child and shall bear a son and shall call his name Ishmael because the Lord have heard thy affliction and he will be a wild man. I need you to underline that. I need you to under, underline. I find this myself very humorous. Uh, so we'll talk about that in just a moment. And it says his hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And so it's interesting to note the characteristics that are identified here. Uh, he's going to be a, a gender male. His name Ishmael, meaning uh, in the Hebrew, God will hear. Now, his mother in the state of was in a state of mental and emotional suffering during her pregnancy. Remember, uh, Sarah, after she had become pregnant, um, dealt with her harshly because Hagar, the Bible said that Hagar despised her mistress and it was despised in her eyes. So that means Hagar was kind of walking around feeling a certain way and, and kind of displaying herself a certain way too. And so that created a major conflict. First off, Sarah is not pregnant and here it is, your handmaiden Hagar is, well, you know, of course people are noticing this, people are talking about this and, you know, and, and carrying on just like they would if it was any of us. And so she had to deal with some stuff and she ran away. And that's what the Lord met her in that 16, uh, 11, 16 chapter, 11 verse, 12 verse and on there. But she's now mentally stressed. She's emotionally taxed. She's suffering and she's pregnant. You know, uh, your mother or your wife's state of being is important during pregnancy, you know, and, and afterwards too. And so just like the intake of food has an impact, so does the mental and emotional have an impact on the child. Now, the outer sounds are ingested, too. So if there is a bunch of your wife or your, your mom or your girlfriend, whoever is, is pregnant, inspecting child, all the yelling and anxiety and all of these different things and emotion is impacting that child that is being carried. So dads, it's a responsibility uh, to, to read to the baby. We ought to learn to, to take a soothing approach. Read stories to the baby. You know, read to mom. Let mom put her feet up and, and put her feet up on your lap and, and read her a story. Read something soothing that's going to help her uh, throughout her uh, pregnancy. And I'm sure they will love it. You'll be loved for it. The Bible said that Ishmael was going to be a wild man. So when someone calls the name Ishmael, they knew what to expect. Just like when someone calls your name, they know what to expect. Even today, your name carries a certain weight that when something is said and they say, well, call, um, call Rose, you know, there's a certain uh, call Amanda. There's a certain expectation, uh, you know, call Matt. Well, maybe Matt may not, you know, I don't know if Matt's the best person. Matt may be the best person, but that reputation. What reputation is proceeding you? 
what is being said about you. And so it said that he would be called a wild man and his name is and, and everybody would know it. they knew what to expect when they called him because of his characteristics. So some uh, certainly uh, easily contain uh, some. He had his own ideal of things. Hey, he was his own man, so to speak. Now, from his birth, he would not be easily persuaded because he was going to be a leader among men. But it makes me wonder, because as we read through the scriptures, it you you'll see this. Just slow down and read. Don't don't be so quick to read through everything and say, well, I read the entire chapter. No, stop and read it. What is the scripture saying? And so I wonder about Abram's DNA. We see his shenanigans, what he did. But I also thought about Haggard's. And I was on Haggard's side as far as, you know, her. She was treated roughly. The scripture says that. And then at the end of that, you know, Abram was like, uh, it's your handmaid, do as you will. And I, I was like, man, dude, really, did you just kick her like that? But what about her character? The scripture don't tell us a lot about her character, but we're, I'm looking at the how her son is going to act. And usually the apple does not fall far from the tree. You know, that's one of those cliches I know. And I said some of them have a little bit of truth to them. And so Haggard, what was she like? Look at your own life. Think about your mom or your dad. You know, and you may have even heard these words from a relative saying, man, you just like your mom or you just like your dad. You know, there's a, I see the association. I see the... I see the shadow of them in you. I see their spirit in you. Whether it was good or bad, someone saw something about, you know, there are things that I've seen. I certainly have slapped myself in the forehead with one or two confessions that I've seen about, about my children. Um, uh, two boys, two girls, and they're not children, they're adult children as I refer to them, but they're their own people, they're grown. But I see things and I'm like, man, did I do that? And the answer was yes. And there are other things that I see and I'm like, ooh, that's your mom. Ooh, she's showing up and showing out in you. You can look and see there are things about you in your own life that are examples of what your parent or parents was like and is displaying in you. When we read in the scripture, we see a display of DNA that's been handed down. It doesn't mean things can't be changed by our actions or that when we come to the light that we walk in it. But up to that time, we see things that that was handed down from David's shenanigan and David only had one. David planted one seed. The Bible said that the Lord testified on David's behalf and said that David was obedient. I'm paraphrasing it. He was obedient all the way up to and and that one thing that he did with Bersheba. And other than that, David was was good. He was cool. But that one thing followed him in his family and his lineage. There are things that David had to deal with because of that. And so things that we have to do now, when we get to those areas where we start seeing things about our children. When we start seeing things that they're doing that resemble mom or dad or some, you see the source of the DNA, 
don't get frustrated with them and start acting out yourself. That's where we fall short. That's where we mess up at. And I learned that through the years that when I see them, when I see them doing something that I realize is a part of me, I know how to approach it today. Whereas I didn't know how to approach it then, I know how to approach it today. I know how to deal with it because I realized that that's how I now. So then how would I want someone to approach me? How should this be handled? And it opens up a whole new avenue of parenting. It opens up a whole new avenue of mentoring. It opens up a whole new avenue of being a friend or being a protector. It changes the dynamic of things when we stop and take a look at how or what things are being done, how we're treating our kids, what we're saying to them you know, along the way, it, it makes a difference. And so we, we have to be careful. Just remember the DNA. That's your DNA. That's your flesh. Now, that's, that's your flesh on parade. When you have that child, when you have that son, that daughter, yes. And some of you dads might be praying, please be like your mama. And some of the moms might be saying, I hope she is like dad. And so that's not a bad thing. But you you will know how to work with your child and help them to overcome obstacles and different things that went on in your life and that you would like to see them avoid just, you know, not in a dogmatic way, but wisdom, wisdom. Now that we have knowledge and understanding, we know things better. We're smarter today than what we were yesterday. So what's in the name? Hagger. How was her character? How much of that influence Ishmael? The Bible tells us in the 17th chapter, I'm not going to bore your patience, take up more time. But he said, neither shall thy name anymore be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham for a father of many nations. So Abram, his name changed from nation to nations. But it didn't happen overnight. What God has stored up for you may not happen overnight, but it will happen. Now, again, the Lord had to tell them, get ready. You're going to have to let go of these shenanigans, man. You got to walk before men be perfect. You got to cut some stuff loose. And so we have to all cut some things loose. And Sarah, princess, surnaming princess, is now Sarah. And she will be the mother of uh, the mother of those many nations. The sixth verse says, I will make thee exceedingly fruitful and I will make thee a nation and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee. Now, remember, the Lord has been telling them all along, I'm going to, we have this promise. We have this. I got you. Remember, you you presented a goat, a ram, and you know, uh, three years old, and and the, and the birds, and you know, remember. And then the, there was a great fire that came and devoured the sacrifice that you made. And, and so there has been a, a promise that has been made to be carried out, a contract, an agreement between him and God. And so I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in nations for everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee, the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Now, before the message, before this message, 
uh, of being exceedingly fruitful, being having kings and, and princes and, and, and stuff come out of your bosom, uh, everlasting promises, land and, and possession and, and him being sovereign. And now sovereign means that he's going to show power on your behalf. But let's go back to that seven, 17 chapter first verse. And when Abram was 99, was nine years, 90 years old and nine. So 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect. We can't forget that. And we cannot forget that. Uh, the fifth chapter in the first verse, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared unto him and said, I am almighty God. Um, excuse me. Um, 15 and one, uh, that I'm your shield and exceeding great reward. That's what it says. I'm your shield and I'm your exceeding great reward. Let's not forget that. Let's embrace that. Let's know that for ourselves and hold on to it, knowing that God is going, God changed his name and he's going to change ours. Now he's not waiting to do that. Abram did not die and go into glory and his name was changed at that time. This all happened prior to. So there's some things and there's expectations to walk with even in this moment, in this hour. And God said unto Abram, thou shalt keep my covenant. Therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for your word this evening, for this exhortation, Lord God, about keeping your word, us being faithful unto you as you change our character, as you help us to transform from where we are to where you want us to be. Lord God, as we allow your mind to be in, uh, have preeminence, your word to have preeminence in our lives, Lord God, thank you. Thank you for change. Lord God, we walk with expectations of change occurring. We're not looking for things. You know the things that we have need of. And I, and I pray that you would bless, Lord God, those that are interviewing for jobs, those that are in school right now, those that are encouraging others, those that are involved in ministry, Lord God, those, Lord, that you would bless them. Lord Jesus, bless your people, Lord. Lord, we say that with confidence and assurance, knowing that you will. You know, those that are uh, that may have a special need and unspoken request, Lord God, I, I ask that you would bless them. You know the need. Lord God, bless them. Bless them according to your will in the name of Jesus. We'll be careful to give your name of praise and to give you glory. Lord God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for each one that have tuned in Lord God, in their respective places, time zones, thank you, Lord. Ask that you would bless them to meditate on your word, Lord God, so that they be planted like a tree that brings forth its fruit in its season, that they leaf does not wither, and whatever they do shall prosper according to thy word. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Continue to pray for me as I am praying for you. And Lord, say the same. I will be back on Sunday morning. Be blessed. Tell someone else about the word of God. Tell someone else to tune in to Inside the Pages as well. Until then, bless someone else. <laughs>